0: And the rule you're referring to is the rule of thirds. And it absolutely, you know, still holds true today, which is, you know, when you hire an attorney, you know, one third, you know, so if you're going to, if you're going to pay them, let's just say you're going to pay them hundred thousand, they should be bringing in, you know, 300,000 of that, right? So one third of the revenue they're going to generate you goes to pay them one third to overhead, one third to profit. You're listening to Be That Lawyer life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am Steve Fretzen. I am happy that you're with us. We, uh, we hope that you're listening on a regular basis. If you, if you you don't want to go back and listen to 180 episodes or whatever I've done, feel free to go back and just kind of read the titles, figure out like, is there a really good one on SEO? Is there a really one good one on time management? I mean, all the titles should kind of give you information about who the guest is and you know that might incite you to like want to, like I always do that. Like I'll listen to Joe Rogan and I'll check out like who the guests are. Oh, he's got a comedian. on. know oh, that sounds like fun versus someone who's going to talk politics where I might not feel like that at the moment or whatever. So go in and check it out. If you like the show, tell your lawyer friends and, and don't forget to give us a good review on Apple and whatever you know device or computer you're listening on. Listen, as you know, this show is all about being that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, a skilled Rainmaker. Frets and helps in two ways. We help in a lot of ways, but the two ways that I get paid for primarily, number one is if you're highly ambitious and interested in growing your law practice, whether you do no business, half a million, million, doesn't matter. We meet for 30 minutes. We talk about your practice. I try to identify your gaps and where you could be doing things better. And if it's something where I think I can help you and we agree, we keep talking. If not, I'll send you your way and I'll be very friendly about it in the nicest way. I'll maybe send you to another coach friend of mine or uh, just give you some advice on the spot and we'll part friends and we'll stay in touch and all that jazz. Also, if you're interested in collaborating with other attorneys, remember, I've got the Rainmakers Roundtables and the Business Developers Roundtables, and that's a great way to stay accountable and to have a group of attorneys at your back, working together as a team to help you drive your practice forward and share resources, share ideas, share what's working. It's a great way to build your practice and stay consistent with your performance. Well, that was a lot about me and my stuff. Um, I want to get to Ryan in a second course, I got to thank the sponsors. They're running the show at this point. So Money Penny helping me with my live chat on my website, and of course, they also help you as a lawyer with your virtual um, reception. You need a receptionist that's going to answer calls twenty four seven. They're the they're the, the the best game in town. And of course, legalese Marketing who helps with marketing uh, newsletters, LawMatics uh, websites, and everything else. And they're a big part of my success and driving my marketing. So. Hopefully you guys can take a look at uh, legalese marketing and they might be a good fit for you. All right. I'm exhausted from that, Ryan. That was just, just doing that opening, <laughs> took it out. It <laughs> took it all out of me. Um, first of all, Ryan Kimler, welcome to the show. I'm going to make a more formal introduction, but your quote of the show is uh, Simon Sinek quote, leadership is not about being in charge. Leadership is about taking care of those in your charge. That's kind of deep. Thanks for sharing it that. Is. Welcome to the show. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So tell me why you submitted that quote. That's an interesting one.
0: So I followed Simon Sinek for a while, really like the stuff that he says. And, you know, I'm really passionate about, you know, what I do as well and um, understand that there's a great responsibility that goes along with, you know, being a leader. And it requires always constantly improving and, and getting better and, yeah, I just, I love that quote. It's it's more about, you know, just being in charge. It's about taking care of people.
1: Yeah. And I think the days of the tyrant, you know, managing partner of a law firm running around screaming at everybody and, and being an a-hole is, you know, I'm sure that still exists. And there are people that work for those people, but I don't know how much longer they're going to hang on. I mean, culture is, culture is King these days and people want to feel like they're a part of something special and people want to feel like they're, like they're accomplishing something in their career, and that they're they're you know again they're they're backed up and supported properly. So I think that that quote really um, sort of embodies what's happening right now in the in the legal space and you know in, in, in business all over, but in the legal space in particular.
0: Absolutely, uh, yeah.
1: Ryan Kimler, founder of Net Profit CFO, and also by the way, a fellow Redbird, Illinois State yeah. Redbird, just like me, man. Absolutely, absolutely, really enjoyed my time there. Beautiful campus, right? yes it is wonderful garcia's is wonderful. pizza that's still around that's still a thing um is that there when no, you were there garcia's pizza it was it was not not, was that not. oh not poor garcia's <laughs> okay anyone over 40 probably remembers garcia's pizza but it was a uh, this little square of pizza it was like a buck and a half or two bucks in the day and it was mm-hmm. not good but i ate it anyway i thought it was great at the time um and so you're down are you down near st louis right
0: I am, yeah. Today I uh, live in St. Louis, Missouri, or well, suburb of there, Wentzville, Missouri, and uh, really love it. Uh, yeah, really, really love the move. Love the area. You know, helps that I'm a Cardinals fan too. So get it to doesn't a game hurt. every now and
1: then. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, big Cubs Cardinals rivalry, and uh, unfortunately, I've I'm totally out of sports. Like, if you ask me to name three Cubs players, I could probably tell you one. I could tell yeah. you, you know, maybe who their manager is. Like, I'm really bad. Like, I'm just not. I'm not doing it, but I'm playing sports. So that's good. I'm staying active. Um, So tell me your background because you're not a lawyer and I think you got pulled into legal maybe in a similar way that I did. Like you found a need and a necessity in the industry that, that you just kind of fit well. Talk about that.
0: Totally. Yes. So as you mentioned, I mean, I went to Illinois State, you know, have a background in accounting and finance, you know, double majored there and, you know, got out of school and started working for another CPA firm. And a lot of our clients were attorneys, and you know we were just doing basic, you know, bookkeeping and general ledger accounting. And it didn't take me long to realize that you know what we were giving the attorneys—I mean, definitely a service that's needed, right? I mean, it's compliance-based, and and you got to have it. Got to, you know, get your you know get your taxes filed and, and things like that, and stay on the IRS's good side, right? Yeah. But uh, but definitely didn't take me long to figure out that you know attorneys really needed more. And, you know, that was really, you know, sparked a passion in me. And it really, it really made me feel like we were, you know, kind of underserving them as accountants. You know, they, I realized that they needed more insights to really run their business and have the important numbers that they need. And yeah, it just really felt like, you know, we were underserving them a little bit, Felt like they had been underserved by, you know, the accounting and finance community, just based on what I had seen and what I'd experienced uh, from the clients that were coming to us.
1: Yeah, I was so, I was surprised, Ryan, that especially solos and small firm a- attorneys that they're doing their own books, they're doing their own bookkeeping and and their own, I don't know if it's accounting, but they're 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 kind of like, you know, using outdated software, like they're just that's not their jam. And yet they're feeling like they have to do that. And it's it's always I've always scratched my head. But like what are what are kind of the things that lawyers shouldn't be doing that they're doing, or what what why do they struggle with the the business side of the the bookkeeping and, and just kind of the, the number side of, of the, of the practice.
0: Yeah. So those are definitely a few right there, right. That definitely shouldn't be doing right. And, and what it really, I was leading, I was leading
1: is, the witness a little there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what it really, I mean, what it really comes down to is it's just not their expertise, right. I mean, and, and not what they're good at. It, yeah. It's not in, not in their wheelhouse. And I think for a lot of attorneys, it's actually the, quite the opposite that it's really a draining activity you know, and for me, I'm, you know, I'm complete opposite. I could be in numbers all day. Right. But if you shifted me over, and was like, Ryan, you know, read this code on the law. Right. And you got to go represent a court case. I, I would do terrible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's not in my wheelhouse. And so that, that's one of the things for sure is just, just the financial management part of it. And, and, you know, and, and I think it starts, you know, they don't teach you at law school, you know, how to, how to run a business, how to do accounting, those kind of things. I mean, right? that
1: should be like, at least an L3. I mean, I know they have practice, some of the this law schools have practice management classes and stuff where maybe they go through some basics or just kind of give an overview. But yeah, I mean, that should be, that should be a part of it. Like, you know, here's the basic numbers, the basic, you know, how the business works. Here's what you need to run a solo, but not for everybody. Maybe it's an optional course. Like if you think you're going to go off on your own or you think you might have trouble getting a job, but I don't know that that information to your point is, is, yeah, it's not in their wheelhouse. And I think generally business development, running the business management, those aren't necessarily things that their, their lawyers are always good. I think they're, they're better at problem solving and the analytical side and, you know, and just, you know, arguing, right. These are, these are things that don't necessarily help with the, with the business end.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, to make to make matters worse, <laughs> you know, mo- most of the reports that were built, you know, that you get out of your typical accounting software is your profit and losses and your balance sheets and those sort of things are really built for compliance. They're not built for, you know, to give insights to business owners and, you know, help them really have a growing and more profitable business. Instead, they're built for the IRS and taxes and compliance. And so, you know, you kind of add bad to worse you know kind of a deal and it just it just compounds you know
1: yeah and it's interesting even even some of the mid market firms when they have people get under the hood and look at the numbers and they realize like hey you know what you think is a profitable business isn't or what you think is a functioning firm is not sustainable and i've had a number of my you know managing partners kind of have that realization placed in front of them by you know a numbers person and they're they're just taken aback they didn't realize it was as bad as it was they just they just didn't re- you know they just weren't they weren't looking deep enough at the numbers
0: yeah, absolutely totally I've seen that happen and there's you know there's a lot of things that happen first of all, you know between revenue and profit and then there's a lot more activities that happen between profit and ending net cash flow you know and, yeah and what like you're really- profit
1: looks great, but that or no like gross looks great, but profit may not look great or the amount of yep. AR you're holding, you know, may not realize it's just sitting out there like a big meatball. What are some of the main KPIs, key performance indicators that law firms should be tracking, looking into as a way to understand the numbers and and, and handle them in a way that's going to get them to stay out of trouble or to be successful?
0: Sure. Absolutely. So I have really tried to cut this down as far as possible so that, you know, people can really take this information and go look at the numbers themselves and not have to dive in too deep. So I have nine simple numbers that you really should be looking at, you know, really on a monthly basis. First one's revenue, right, which I'm sure most all of your listeners probably are. Second one would be like cost of goods sold. Now, cost of goods sold is really interesting. A lot of people think cost of goods sold and they're thinking inventory, right? They're thinking like it's a Product, you know, you, you buy a product, turn around, and sell it. That's your cost to get sold. But actually, in a law firm, if you're doing like pay-per-click advertising, I would put that in cost to get sold. It's a it's a direct cost to your law firm to get your next case. Is that pay-per-click advertising? If you're using outside attorneys to fulfill on cases or outside counsel, and you're bringing them in as contractors, I would put those in cost to get sold as well. It's a direct cost that's going to a case before you get into. You know that money is not going to go to pay overhead, right? So, cost of goods sold is a really important number to look at and make sure that you have the right things in cost of goods sold. And then overall operating expenses, I like to break down into three categories. Your first one is your marketing expenses. Second one would be all of your payroll expenses. These are all the people that are not on contract or not in cost of goods sold. And then and that includes yourself too as an owner if you're on payroll. And then the third one is just all other overhead your office your computers all those kind of things and you want to look at those three numbers as a percentage of revenue so that covers five of the numbers and okay. those all come from your profit and loss statement and those are things that you know as an attorney you should be looking at on a monthly basis and your bookkeeper should be able to put those numbers together for you probably
1: if the bookkeeper can't put them together for you should you be concerned about that bookkeeper
0: yeah you probably should <laughs> yeah i mean my bookkeeper
1: <laughs> is awesome she sends me every month the balance sheet the profit and loss the ar which is like nothing and she sends yeah. me like how much like revenue is coming in 2022 2023 that's all broken down by client like it's all the numbers that i need to like i think make good decisions and know sure. like what my cash flow is going to be and what my overhead is you know what i have to cover each month and you know and then i've i've set goals so I, I think you have to have a baseline of having a good bookkeeper that can that can get the numbers in the right spots and 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 make sure that that the numbers make sense. If you can't even make sense of the numbers, you know that's not going to be a great situation or maybe a reason Absolutely. to call you, Ryan.
0: Absolutely, help, Ryan. Yeah. Help. And, <laughs> yeah, and uh, consistency is really key there. You know, yeah. um, you want to make sure that all the categories are staying consistent. And you know, obviously with law firms, they've got to account for trust funds and usually advanced client costs, which are things that are not typical of other businesses, right? So that's very niche-based. And so okay. I know that it could be a challenge out there for you know, attorneys to find great bookkeepers to right. really keep up their stuff. But yeah, I mean, so that'd be you know, those, those five numbers off your profit and loss. Then I've got four that come off the balance sheet. One of them, as you mentioned, is change in AR, because that has a direct back effect on cash flow. Then change in any other assets that you have. For most law firms, that's probably not going to be too much. Maybe you go out and buy like 10 computers for your office or something like that, right? That's booked as an asset to the firm. Or if you go actually buy a building or something like that, that'd be real extreme. And then change in debt, right? If you've taken on, you know, I know people have taken on, a lot of firms have probably taken on COVID loans, PPP, all those kind of things you're going to find in your debt category. And then the last one is just uh, your changes in equity or, uh, you know, your owner's draws, owner's contributions. Um, Those four numbers off your balance sheet are really going to drive your cash flow. Um, And so those four are really key to keep an eye on month over month and and know what they're doing. LegalEase Marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system
1: to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at LegalEaseMarketing.com. Hey, Steph, tell everyone what Moneypenny does for law firms. We're the call handling and live chat experts. A Moneypenny receptionist can ensure that your calls are directed to the right person seamlessly, saving you time and money. Steve, did you know that 69% of people don't like to leave a voicemail? I did not know that. That's a lot of business going away right there. Let's cut to the chase. What are you prepared to do for my listeners? We're offering an exclusive two-week free trial, if you're interested in hearing more, you can call me directly on 470-534-8846. I mentioned that you've heard this ad on Steve's podcast. Very cool. Thanks. Let me ask you a question. Back in the day, I, I and I'm going to totally screw this up and then be mad at myself for bringing it up in the first place, but like there was like an, like a, when I was doing like small businesses and I was in the franchise space and there was like a like a 30 30 30 rule that made it really kind of simple like 30% was overhead like 30% was or like 30% was was material costs 30% was overhead and then the 30% was profit including salaries. There was like some like generalization. Do you find that there's anything lawyers can kind of count on as far as generalizations and their numbers that make sense?
0: Yep. Absolutely. So um, I get asked a lot, you know, when it's time to hire an attorney, right? Or when it's time to hire my next attorney. And the rule you're referring to is the rule of thirds. And it absolutely, you know, still holds true today, which is, you know, when you hire an attorney, you know, one third, you know, so if you're going to, if you're going to pay them, let's just say you're going to pay them hundred thousand, they should be bringing in, you know, 300,000 of that, right? So one third of the revenue they're going to generate you goes to pay them one third to overhead, one third to profit, is kind of how that goes. And, you know, that kind of a multiple should be a minimum. You know, that's really a bare minimum is that kind of 3x factor, if you will.
1: So a 3x on it. So if an attorney is is billing, you know, uh, $300,000 a year, right, that attorney should cost me 100000
0: Yeah, at the most. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Okay.
1: Now, is that changing because of the great resignation where bigger firms and mid-market firms are paying exponentially more for the same attorney doing the same hour, same job? I mean, there's some people making 100000 $150,000 more than they were yesterday just because they changed jobs or asked for it. And is that going to then screw up that entire <laughs> rule of thirds uh, that you just shared?
0: Yeah. So over the last few years, especially as more people have started to work remotely, right? There has been a bit of a shift in it where, you know, you probably have a little less overhead cost, right? Because yeah. a lot of these firms don't need as much space anymore. Right. Uh, which cuts back on their overhead. And so then at that point, if you free up money from that category, then you've got a little bit of money to play with. Yeah. But if you're not freeing up that money, you know, and you're making the choice to not follow that rule of thirds and and You know, let's say maybe you're only getting the two and a half times multiple. The money that you're cutting into, it's not your overhead. Your bills are still getting paid, and it's not the employee. The attorney is still getting paid. It's you're cutting into your own profits. Yeah, right. Which you can do, right? Right. I mean, or do you or do you you, you
1: raise the rates on the clients? Sure. Is that that okay?
0: That's yeah. I mean, (laughs) maybe that's 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 definitely a possibility as well. But I mean, you know, either way, either way, it slices out. Right. I mean, I don't think you want to cut into the profit number that you've got there. I mean, you don't want to be running a thin margin law firm.
1: Is that right? but is that isn't Ryan, I'm just I'm just poking at the bear a little bit here, but isn't that the biggest mistake that lawyer law firm owners make is that they kind of put themselves last. And I and I get why, because I'm a business owner. I've I've had big overhead in my past, and I, you know, I kind of just worry about everybody but myself, and then I realize. You know, maybe I'm not taking, you know, I gotta pay myself. I got I got, I got a mortgage too. Is that is that a kind of a a mistake you see small firm owners make?
0: Definitely at times. And probably where I've seen this the most is when they go out and they hire a little bit too soon, right? And it really starts to they, you know, they when they were by themselves, they probably built up quite a bit of cash in the bank, right? Because they were just by themselves, they didn't have a lot over it, not a lot of expenses, right? And then what ends up happening is they probably hire a little bit too soon. Yeah. And the ramp up time just doesn't kick in as fast as what they think. And they start to see that bank balance just kind of drop and drop and drop and drop and drop. And, drop. and they don't want to go back and, and have to fire any employees because they hire too soon. Right. And so then, like, like you're talking about, they kind of become the sacrifice, if you will. They kind of, you know, don't take care of themselves, put themselves last yeah. because they want to take care of their employees. And it's really yeah. a tough situation to be in, without a doubt. Really, really tough situation.
1: So when you meet with a, a lawyer or, a, or the head of a law firm, I mean, what kind of, of process are you going through to understand their numbers and to understand that they're in good shape or bad? What, what are you going through with them?
0: Great question. Yeah. So, well, first, I just start with a conversation with the attorney, right? I want to get an idea of, of what they've got going on in the business and, and where they think things stand. And, and then also kind of talking them about where they want to be, right? I mean, most people when they reach out to me, there's a bit of a gap there, right? There's a gap between where they are today and and where they want to be. So I kind of explore that a little bit to see if, make sure that it's a good fit, make sure that I can help them. You sound like me.
1: (laughs) We're both, we're both like evaluating attorneys to find out how messed up they are (laughs) to know if what we do actually solves for X, you know, with with them, that's great. All right. Well, we're both redbirds. So there you go. There you go. And then, uh,
0: yeah. And then, then after we, you know, have that conversation, then Typically, I'll dive into a key, what I call my key trending numbers assessment. And really what that looks like is, is I'm really looking at trend data over the last couple of years of their law firm and I'm um, you know, running, running a few tests. Like I kind of talked about, I'm running payroll as a percentage of revenue and really just judging that compared to what I've seen in the industry and seeing you know, what trend that they've got that's really preventing them from accumulating more profit. Usually there'll be a number that's really out of whack and and needs to be fixed. That's really what's holding their business back from making more profit and more cash flow. So that key trending numbers assessment is really, really key. I'll put that together for, for the law firm. We'll go over it. And that gives them a starting place, gives us a starting place on what we need to go fix.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Generally speaking, though, what does a CFO do for a law firm? Like if a what size do you need to be to have like a virtual or interim or whatever it might be called CFO at a firm? Is it can it be for a one-person operation or, or is it better for a 10 or 20 or 30, 50 person operation?
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. I think, and I think a lot of people, not just attorneys and law firms, a lot of people in general in the world have a big misconception around CFOs, right? So most people hear the word CFO and they the first thing their mind jumps to is big company, right? Google, Apple, Microsoft, something like that. Well, they've got CFOs that make sense. They're millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? But in reality, you know, with the way things are today and, and you know, remote work and part-time or outside CFOs, like you're talking about, and and how I operate like myself, I've worked with law firms that are. Typically, they're doing around $500,000 in revenue a year. Okay. Um, so that, that can be a solo. Yeah, that right? could
1: absolutely be a solo. Yeah. So
0: anywhere from $500,000 up to about $5 million, right? Okay. And really, when I come in, I mean, my job is to make the business more efficient. And my sole focus is on improving profit and cash flow in the business. Uh, it's my job to analyze you know, the financial strengths and weaknesses of the business and really you know propose corrective actions when i find a weakness when i find a number that's out of spec is to not only let the ceo know or the owner know uh, or partner whoever it is that i'm working with whoever my contact is not only let them know but then also get together with them and, and put together an action plan that we can enact in the next 30 days to really pull the lever and make that number move so that their business is on the way to being more profitable
1: so if it's something that you review and you can basically give advice and fix, it might just be a small amount of time that they spend with you because you kind of tell them what's going on and here's what you need to do. And then maybe they reach back to you as they expand. But other other firms that have that may have ongoing challenges and things that need that when you say put an action plan where you would be involved with them over a period of a year, two, three, whatever it might be so that they can keep their numbers under control and and, and not maybe fall into a bad habit.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and most of the clients that come to me, we end up working together on an ongoing basis. Okay. Um, and what ends up happening is I end up building them out a dashboard um, with their key important numbers. I try to cut it down to nine or ten, you know. But they're going to be the ones that are we're probably you know out of spec a little bit on the financial assessment that I do. Yeah. And then you know obviously that's a scoreboard that we look at on a monthly basis and usually you know there's one or two numbers on that scoreboard that again are out of spec and then we go and we attack it and go work on it so that's how most of the clients end up working with me is it is on a longer term basis um okay and um yeah some of them i mean even you know multiple years right usually when i have a kickoff call with a client we set five-year goals so okay i try to set them up to achieve their five-year goals
1: beautiful Well, really interesting stuff. And again, we don't talk about the numbers very often on this show. You know, we talk about, you know, marketing and we talk about, you know, time management and all this stuff, but it really is important because if the numbers aren't lining up, if the numbers aren't, you know, put in properly, if you don't have those key performance indicators or or key trending, you know, numbers that you were mentioning, you could be messed up for a long time and not even realize it because you're not able to look at yourself and your business as accurately as an expert. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's like a law. It's like a a business not using a lawyer to handle their legal needs because they just they put their head in the sand. So yeah, we need to have experts like lawyers. Lawyers are experts. Lawyers need experts. So
0: absolutely. So
1: so let me ask you about your game changing book. It's um, and I appreciate you submitting that to me. Story Brand by Donald Miller. Why did you submit that as your game changing book? So for me,
0: you know, kind of like attorneys when when they go through school, you know, they're not taught about business and accounting and all that. I mean, for me, you know, going through school, doing accounting and finance, I wasn't taught about marketing. Right. And so StoryBrain is a book that my mentor recommended to me and really, really loved it. Uh, really resonated with me and, you know, really put me on a path to better market my business and better grow my firm. And so it's really just a huge, huge game changer for me. And it's, you know, it, uh, I mean was there
1: right. was there just just getting one step deeper? I mean was there one thing in the book that you remember that was like really resonated with you that you said wow that's that's what I need to do that could change how I'm viewed in the marketplace or that I could do that would that would you know make me stand out you know in a you know a sea of competitors? For sure.
0: Yeah, so the way that Donald Miller talks about how stories are put together and he talks about how you know movies are always put together, right? And and kind of ruined movies for me for the rest of my life, right? Cause, cause <laughs> because every time you, know, you see a movie, yeah. you're, you're you're playing like, the
1: formula in your head.
0: Yep, you're oh, like, I know, I know, I know, where this goes, right? <laughs> um, but definitely that part of it, right? And I was like, wow, you know, I really need to invite my customers into a story, and and you know, I'm not the hero of their story, right? I mean, whoever I'm working with, the attorney, they're the hero of the story, right? And I'm just yeah. their guide that guides them along financially. right? Um, and so that, that piece of it, that concept really
1: changed my business. Um, yeah. They're, they're and really the Indiana changed. Jones in your short round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those Indiana Jones fans out there, there's three, <laughs> three that's, yeah. la- Hey, listen, those were some good movies. Um, yeah. Well, really good stuff. I appreciate that. If people want to get in touch with you, Ryan, to hear more about a net profit CFO and and to connect with you maybe for for an evaluation on their firm, what are the best ways for them to reach you?
0: Yep. So uh, best ways to reach me, first of all, you can find me on LinkedIn. If you Google Ryan Kimler, that's probably one of the first first, uh, names that's going to pop up or first things that are going to pop up on Google. And then you can also, my website, netprofitcfo.com. And then other than that, if you want to email me, you can email me ryan at netprofitcfo.com as well.
1: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on the show, sharing your wisdom and talking the numbers. And, you know, I hate, I hate numbers. Like I, right away, I hired a bookkeeper. Like day one, I opened a business. I didn't even have any business. So I was like, I need a bookkeeper. I don't want to send out an invoice. I don't want to write, do my own P&L. I don't want to have to review my, um, my, my credit card receipts or anything. So I appreciate you and what you do, man. It's, it's um it's a, it's a very noble thing that you do to help people with the, with the math and the numbers. So, so thank you for doing what you do and for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. It was definitely my pleasure. And it's definitely where my passion lies for sure. So
1: awesome. Awesome. And Hey, everybody, thank you for spending some time with Ryan and I today, you know, nine things that you can learn about your numbers was shared. Um, Great, great game changing book. I mean, all kinds of takeaways. So hopefully again, you're, you know, you're listening, you're taking notes, you're paying attention, trying to get to be that lawyer. Someone who's confident, organized and a skilled rainmaker. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Be well. And we will talk again soon. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer: life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com,
1: for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.